Happy Veterans Day Monday, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Broadway Radio's Tell Me More. I'm your host, Matt Tamanini. Here on Tell Me More, we strive to talk about projects and topics that don't often get covered on theater podcasts. James and I are taking the holiday off from today on Broadway, but we couldn't leave you without something in the feed to start your week. And honestly, the timing couldn't be better. Because tonight at the West Side Theater off-Broadway, the New York return of the hilarious musical, The Other Josh Cohen, officially opens. Last week during my trip to New York, our very own Natalie Nowak, the host of On My Way to a BFA, joined me when we went and saw the show, and I feel very comfortable speaking for her when I say that we both absolutely loved it. A few days after I saw the show, I had the immense pleasure of sitting down and talking with the show's writers and stars, David Rosmer and Steve Rosen. Now, we've talked about the show quite a bit here on Broadway Radio over the years, whether that's on Today on Broadway or multiple reviews on This Week on Broadway, so I don't want to spoil anything. But, essentially, the show tells the story of, of course, Josh Cohen, a broke, broken-hearted New Yorker who just had his apartment broken into. However, Josh learns, with a little assistance from his future self-narrating, that with the help of one very special CD, some discount chocolate, and a little bit of kindness, you can make your own good luck. The show is directed by Hunter Foster and also features Luke Darnell, Hannah Ellis, Elizabeth Nesselrod, Louis Tucci, and Kate Weatherhead, and honestly, every single one of them is mind-blowingly incredible. So, this interview is a little different than normal. Since I got to talk to Steve and David in person, I had the mics recording when they walked into the lounge on the second floor of the West Side Theater. So you're going to hear us introducing ourselves and getting settled in before we get right into it. But we just kind of picked up into the conversation and didn't really start the interview properly, so to speak. So I didn't want to cut anything out and miss out on some good content. So without further ado, here's my conversation with David Rosmer and Steve Rosen. ecstatic to talk to you guys. I was just telling her this is uh, so much fun. So take, take a seat. So were you guys um, rehearsing or working on stuff earlier? So today is like our last... Well, no, that's not true. It's one of our last days to rehearse. Like put in new things. Yeah, yeah. So it ended up, you know, as things happen, it's just like tons of new stuff. Oh, I'm sure. So tonight will be a crazy show. Well, I mean, you guys have done this show now a number of times. You're still adding new stuff in like three or four days or whatever it is before opening night. Totally. It's like you can't even get to all the things you want to do. <laughs> Although it's probably good that you at one point say That's enough. Yeah, yeah. But um, we've changed constantly. We we What happens is, and Hunter said it best, uh, is that once you clear the weeds a little bit you start to see other the the, yeah, yeah. the issues that remain are clearer or pop up more and so we're just it's tiny little things you know change that sound cue half a line later or this and that but why not try and fix it if we know it could be better yeah absolutely well let's start at the very beginning um that's a pretty good good place nice. to, yeah, yeah there you go <laughs> well, that sounds good yeah uh, so in the show you say that this is a true story clearly not you guys are not either of you named Steve, but is there a kernel of truth in this story somewhere? Oh, well, my name is Steve. <laughs> well, no, I mean, sorry, Josh, Josh, sorry. I'm looking at you and I'm like, no, no, Josh is here. Sorry, sorry. 
So the show, the show, you know, the way that we like to talk about the show is that it is based on our lives. It's based on our friends' lives. It's based on a lot of true stories that have been adapted. It is a work of fiction. Josh Cohen is not a real person. I am not Josh Cohen. David isn't Josh Cohen. I wish I was as good a person as Josh Cohen was. <laughs> but there's there's so much truth in the story uh, in terms of its tone and its and it is an amalgamation, like Steve said, that of lots of stories that were true. Uh, that have been, you know, changed to make a good show. Um, but there is, it feels very truthful to us. And we always loved saying that at the beginning of the show. And it's funny how people would call it out and say, is it true? And I think we feel pretty confident saying, yes, there's, that it is true enough that the parts uh, <laughs> that you are hoping are true are actually right and factual. Yeah. And you guys said, yeah. It's a kind of a, an amalgamation of both of your personalities. Are there parts of Josh's personality that are more you and more him or anything like that? Well, Josh's dad's answering machine message was... Is almost word for word my father's oh. answering machine. He's a dentist? Growing up. He is a, now a retired <laughs> dentist. But he took for granted nothing that you had ever heard an answering machine before. And in, in retrospect, it's actually... It, I understand why his answering message his answering machine message was so long and detailed because he was a children's dentist. And so when people call up with an emergency with their child, sometimes their heads are going a little crazy. And so he was trying to sort of talk them down. But if you just wanted to leave a very quick message, you still had to listen through about two minutes of instructions. No, that's hilarious. What about you? Is there something from Josh's life of personality that Oh, really yeah, there's, you? there's tons of stuff. Uh, there, there actually is a moment in the, in the show where he's in online at CVS, Josh, and he's carrying all these bags of chocolate. And she says, uh, how long does it last? And he says, uh, a week or so. And she says, oh, I didn't know chocolate goes bad that fast. <laughs> and he says, oh, no, I eat it. Um, I was actually a, and remain this enormous fan of C's Candy. Have you ever been there? It's in oh, it's like California. Yeah, yeah. in San Francisco. Totally. Yeah. It's like a West Coast thing. But I was out there working at La Jolla and like fell in love with this place and would go like <laughs> way too much to get their chocolate. And when I was coming home to New York, I said, I want to bring five pounds of this chocolate home. <laughs> How long will it last? And they said, a, a couple of weeks. And I said, I had no idea chocolate goes bad that fast. And they say, oh no, people eat it that's and awesome. that literally almost word for word went into the show that's hilarious well so you have that start that's truthful story parts of you in it but like we said you guys have done this show multiple times now over what six years almost uh, from the first performance we were told there would be no math we yeah, okay sorry okay that's <laughs> fine you're artists no math involved but this is the second production with kind of a new director and a little uh -huh. bit of a new creative team what has that process been like bringing hunter on you talked about you know, kind of the stuff he's been saying. How is that for you guys as writers and stars who have done it multiple times, bringing in a completely new voice to kind of look at this fresh? Hunter directed the show at the Jiva Theater mm -hmm. Center earlier this year. Right. And I have had the benefit of working with uh, Hunter as a director, as an actor, mm -hmm. uh, and a couple of things at Bucks County Playhouse. We did Rocky Horror and Company together. And I say without hesitation and without being overblown, that he is one of the greatest directors that I've ever worked with um, for a variety of reasons. But I think one of the hugest is that he understands the entire process of creating theater. He has been a writer. He has been an actor. He's a very fine director. 
And because we are also, you know, multidisciplinary when it comes to theater, we find communication, uh, communicating with him, we have an instant short, shorthand already. Um, and sort of the ideas that he's brought to the table um, and Whitney Gibali, who's our, our choreographer, our staging person, um, I think that working with them has taught us new things about the show that even we didn't know about yeah. before. It takes nothing away from Ted Sperling, who is sure. a genius in his own right, because what Ted brought to the show will always be in the show, and it will it's solidified. And then sort of Hunter took that, that piece of clay and got to mold it a little bit more and I think because we love collaborating with people so much that we and are fortunate enough to be working with such talented people that it's all you're doing is just adding one more color one more hue um, one more take everyone catches something that someone else didn't it's like when you see another actor take over in a part mm -hmm. anywhere you always go oh that I never even thought yeah. of that choice and I sat out at Jiva and Alan Schmuckler played my part. Mm -hmm. And I thought he did some things that I've stolen from him. <laughs> so it's nice that we've created a piece that can constantly be in flux and that works a bunch of different ways. Uh, but we're very, very proud and excited about this. Yeah. It feels like this, the, it's hit kind of the sweet spot of where the show should live. Well, and it's interesting that some of the people who are involved in this production have been involved from the very beginning. There's new people. And you talk about that collaboration. It's obvious that you guys both love collaborating just based off of what's on stage Thank because you. it is such a collaborative <laughs> thing. So, but as you obviously, Kate and Hannah are, are back, but you've got new people coming in. How has it been to kind of integrate not only people new on stage, but the people off stage? How was that process getting everybody up to speed and on the same page? Well, you always start from scratch. You always start from... Sure. Day one, and I think Steve and I try and be the least vocal at the beginning and just like let people do their thing and see what they come up with, get out of their way. Um, and they were trying things that we had never seen before and, and we were laughing in places we had never laughed awesome. before. It was kind of great. It was kind of like mixing ingredients you love with new ingredients you love. <laughs> so I don't know what you think, but I thought it was like really fun to see where what came out what new what we baked with these ingredients you know and you're like oh i remember i liked those I, a dash of kate is still good and a pinch of hannah but oh my and god there's a splash of louis tucci and elizabeth nestle right yeah. yeah um this the cast i mean we are over the moon excited about working with this particular group of people who are all insanely talented comedians performers and multi-instrumentalists yeah. for instance today now it sounds like you saw the show I saw it on Saturday oh yeah. awesome so in one of the songs Neil Life tonight's performance almost everyone is playing a different instrument than they saw than when you saw it a few days ago oh my god because they are just able to pick up instruments and start playing yeah um, and it's just in awe I literally started crying today when I heard this <laughs> played awesome. by these people in this different way because just when you think that you can't be surprised anymore by the talent and the collaboration you're seeing your show come to life in a brand new way or our show coming to life in a brand new way you know yeah. um but it's really it's, it's a it's a gift to be able to collaborate with all these different people, like you said, on these different productions, because the show feels fresher and almost more poignant for this moment in time yeah. than it ever has. So it feels really good to be delivering the show's message to audiences today. It's such a strange point in the world right now. Is there's so much confusion? It's it's very bittersweet how apropos the show is for yeah. this moment. 
um, you know, in some ways we're happy that we can be here, and in other ways we wish it wasn't quite as yeah. necessary. Well, I was going to mention we're recording on Election Day, and it was, it was as I was kind of sitting back and thinking about that. Um, after vote, people, yeah, vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, or I hope you, you voted. voted. Yeah, and next time, make yeah. sure you're ready for 2020. Yeah, totally. um, but as I was thinking about it, like, there's really a message about not just accepting the bad stuff that happens to you and being proactive and realizing that you play a role in your own life. No matter how bad things get, you have the power to make changes. Is that something that you said? I mean, it sounds like that has been even more at the heart of things, I assume, at Jiva and then now especially here. I mean, it's it's uncanny, like how much of a big deal that has become and how how uh, how of today this message seems to hit people in a bunch of different ways. Not just people who are still single and looking for the one, yeah. but people who anyone who feels crapped on in their lives. And it seems like everyone feels that way. Um, and so it's it's. Uh, it's it's really registered with people and that's something that everyone comes out and says it you know it was interesting someone said something uh posted something saying like uh go see the show it, it recharged my soul mm. and it's a shame that our souls need to be recharged these days but if for 90 minutes we can make you laugh and you can hear yeah. fun tunes and 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 make you think a little bit more and feel a little more in control mm-hmm. um and get reminded that even when things go terrible, that the story, it's a long story. Mm. So you have to have the parts where things go wrong in order for things to get better. If mm. it was just great all the time, it wouldn't be a life worth living, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, sometimes the worst moments come right before the finish line. And I think that's that's really echoed in the, in the finale. And so we've kind of tried to bring it out a little more. Um, and, uh, you know, another thing is that Hunter said the other day was, you know, he likes to point out the moments where we have to stay positive. It's very easy for even us as this character to sort of lean into all the devastating stuff that's happening to one after the next. Or get angry. But it's, it's amazing that you, you feel for someone who does it with a smile so much more than someone who does it with a frown. And, and there's something about that that is really fascinating about human nature. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. I, I was telling her, I'd be, when I came on Saturday at the matinee, I was sitting, from me to you, Hunter and the creative team were right next to us. So they're taking notes the whole time. And my friend and I were like, like it was, we didn't think there, we didn't notice anything. <laughs> what the heck are they writing down all the time? And Hear that, Hunter? Yeah. So it was great. Um, but it's interesting that even now, you know, as you guys are less than a week from opening, that you're still kind of finding new things and, and tweaking. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask is, um, did you guys meet doing Starcatcher? Is that or no? Woods? We met in summer camp, French Woods. We both oh, you went, easily. and we met in. We actually met auditioning for improv troupe. <laughs> we were both going out for you know teenagers, and we were in an improv where they were basically like yeah, they, narrating the story. Yeah, it's it's actually shockingly similar to the setup of this show. So it was a true story. Is what yeah, you're yeah, exactly. That's what we're saying. Yeah. It's it's. Yeah. Truer than we would hope. Yeah. So we we actually before we shook hands and said hi, I'm Steve, I'm David. We were playing characters in a story that someone else was narrating. So we sort of we 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 met making a room full of people laugh together before we had actually 
been acquainted with one another. Um, That's amazing. Yes, they were like Bill and Bob walk into a bar. And we walked. <laughs> Bill and Bob get a drink, and then they said Bill and Bob spill a drink. Uh, Bill, Bill spills a Bob on Bill spills a drink on Bob, and both of us, having no idea who was Bill or Bob, <laughs> spilled the drink <laughs> on each other, and then responded the exact same way yeah. by getting things you know <laughs> thrown on and, us. And we were like best friends ever since. That's amazing. So did you guys work together on Starcatcher? Yes, we worked together. David had been with the show since the very beginning. Right. He had done it out of La Jolla and then came to New York. <laughs> Sees candy. <laughs> right? In La Jolla. Good sponsorship. Yeah. Right? Seriously, Scotch Mallow City. Um, so David had done it out of town. And when it came to New York Theater Workshop, because I had been friends with the creative team or whatever, um, uh, Christian Borrell had booked a, uh, a pilot, the pilot of Smash. Oh, yeah. And so they needed someone to come in and do the weekday performances while he was filming. And so David was like, you know, I think Rosen's around. <laughs> next thing I know, the next day I'm flying to New York and learning the show. I learned the show, I think in eight days wow. and stepped in for Christian there. But I think that was the first time aside from don't quit your night job that David and I had actually appeared in a show together. That's right. That's um, amazing. But it was also in previews of, of Peter and the Starcatcher, so it wasn't a lot of like, oh, isn't this nice? It was that was yeah. a crazy Don't experience. fall. Yeah, exactly. Don't screw this up. Well, and I, I asked because obviously very different shows, but there are still elements of that collaborative kind of make it go together, some instrumentalists in there too. There is a little bit of that DNA, at least from where I stood, in the other Josh Cohen as well. Oh, totally. It should feel like you're in our living room and we're telling you a story. And it's a lot of work to make it feel that way. Yeah. The Italians have a word for it. It's like back in the Lazzi days of, of the illusion of making it seem like it's off the cuff. Yeah. I don't know the word. Someone yeah. out there in Radio Land could be answering me. <laughs> Idiot. Um, but it's, it's... I think it's prosciutto. Yeah, yeah that that's right? it. Yes, yeah. I've heard that before. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's your answer for everything. <laughs> um, but that's what we try and do. And we, you know, we even have lines written into the script where we get a word wrong and we correct each other. Yeah. And oh, people yeah. always say, oh, was that a you know, mistake? We say, no, come again tomorrow. We'll make the same <laughs> <Your> mistake. mistake. <laughs> that's amazing. So um, I... I so I knew that I was going to talk to you guys, and so I, when the album came out, I, I listened to the album, oh, thank went you. through it. It's fantastic. I was thank like, okay, you. I haven't seen the show before, but I feel like I get it. I understand the show. And then I come and I'm like, even though this is, I mean, there's dialogue, obviously, but it's a lot of songs. It's like 11 songs in 90 yeah. minutes, or whatever. So it's mostly sung through, but there was still so much that I was like, oh, you can't, you don't understand what this is <laughs> if you just listen to the album. The album's great in and of itself as a separate piece, but it is not completely representative of that and I love that I was able to even though I, I always, I'm, the, I'm the type of person who if I go to a musical I always want to know the songs I don't want to miss anything so I felt prepared but I still love that I was able to get surprised is, is that something where you try to surprise people with whether it's a a turn or a, you know a turn of this the story or just something that comes out of nowhere is that built into this world so to speak well first of all high five on yeah. the radio that's awesome I think the album is satisfying because there are so many I mean so many celebrities I guess yeah. on it who were who had all loved the show and were without were, before we even finished the sentence will you come do this we're like yes you know, from Sutton Foster and Hank Azaria and James Brian Darcy Monroe, James, Michael Hart, uh, Lindsay James Mendes. Rodeo. Now James, we're just talking yeah. over each other with famous people. That's fine. That's, I love them all. The floor is now littered with all these famous names. You, totally. you dropped them all. Uh, totally. Um, but it's but uh, so that's just fun on its own volition. But I think that we were actually really concerned: Will the album give too much away? 
Will they, you know, will you come and still be surprised? And will it make sense? Yeah. As yeah. a piece of, when you're listening through it, will you be able to get a sense of it? And I think that we worked very hard to try and make the album representative of, representative of the show but without giving it every detail away so that when yeah. you come, you still will be surprised. And, you know, there are some references in the songs that you really will not understand until you see it live and in person. And we think that that's also a great excuse and reason to come see the show so yeah. you can really see what that meant when we said that on the album. Well, and it's so interesting because I think one of the things you can't get from the album, not only because it's just an album, but also because there are so many different people in there. Totally. Like, I don't think you understand how incredible that ensemble is to like to see them go to jump back and forth between characters sometimes within split seconds or to jump on a bass guitar or uh, on a drum kit or something right after playing a you know a 90 year old woman so i mean it's it's i think that is such an, a fun part of the show that you can get from the album that really has to be seen to be appreciated can you talk a little bit about how hard you made the jobs of the of the people that are in this cast with you you know, you would think it would be there. It, it is. It is an incredible. It takes an incredible, extraordinary person to do this. But there is like this group of actor musicians who are out there who don't get this opportunity enough. That's true. Yeah. And it was funny when we auditioned. Although we, you know, picked the people we thought were ideal for us, and sometimes it was just about instruments, but always about talent. But we couldn't believe the pool of people who can go do it and regionally awesome. and stuff. There were so many people out there who were really funny and played a bunch of instruments who just don't have the opportunities because there's not a lot of shows like this mm. where you get to be like hysterically funny and then turn around and, and yeah, jam out on the electric guitar. Yeah. So when you do have the auditions, whether I don't know how you've kept people or not. What is it that you look for in trying to people to do the show? Because I imagine that whenever you guys are done with it, if it just hasn't happened already, a lot of places around the country are going to want to do this show. So for theater companies or casting folks, what is somebody who wants to be in the other Josh Cohen have to bring to the table? Such a great question. Great question. On the bottom of everyone's resume, there is a thing that says special <laughs> skills. Yeah. Now, very rarely is you're going to walk in and you're be like, it says here you you can do horseback riding. Or Driver's gonna, license. Right. And they're going to bring in a car or a horse for you to drive. But this was a show where literally, if you had an instrument on your special skills, we wanted to hear what it sounded like when you played it, no matter what level you were at. And so all these people demonstrated you know, their extreme ability as musicians. They had to read the, the sides and sing a song that was in the spirit of the, of the show. But we also had an internal conversation with ourselves while we were watching each person in that because this is such a collaboration and because of our experience on Starcatcher, in a show like this, you rely on your company so much. You really are a family. And so if the person came into the room and was the most talented person in the world, but then in the conversation afterwards made like an off-color remark or in, in some way wasn't warm and didn't seem delightful, we would almost rather have a kinder person than someone who was better at a particular yeah. instrument because we would know we'd want to spend this much time with them. You yeah. know, as part of this family. Yeah, they we we would literally essentially write like of our world or not of our yeah, that's world. That's cool. You know, um, and they were everyone who came in was amazing, but um, you could tell when someone had this kind of humor in their bones a little bit, and and they just jumped out at you. It was easy to tell. Yeah. Well, I've been a Kate Weatherhead fan for years. Ditto. Yeah. Same. I mean, the, the submissions only days totally. and legally bond and everything. But so it was so fun to kind of see you know. 
like you said, ensemble roles just in general. I don't know if that's an appropriate way to describe what this is, but I don't know how else to describe sure. it. But to have these opportunities for these people who are so talented to get to show that off because unless you're at the center of a show, you don't really get the chances that much that often. So I, I, I love that about it. But um, speaking of that, I'll let you guys go here in a few minutes. But oh. um, first off, have there been other productions that you guys weren't a part of? I tried to figure out if places around the country have been. Has anyone else done it other than you guys? Um, I, I have been the only person to play Josh Cohen, Okay. but, um, the, every other, the Jiva production was entirely new people. I was mm -hmm. the only person who had ever, I think even seen the show before. Really? Um, so yeah, so there was, that was the other production and that was a, a tremendous learning experience. And that cast from top to bottom was wonderful, lovely human beings. Um, and we got to add a new opening number in that production, which is now Ooh, in the yeah. show, which you see here. Got to add a whole bunch of new elements to the production, which were not heretofore in, uh, in just in drafts, but had never been realized on stage before. Um, but in New York City, yeah, this is, this is uh, Kate and Hannah have done it before, but the rest, like you yeah. said, are new. So and there was there was one more person as well at Jiva. We had like a bigger cast because the truth is this is the kind of show that um, you could do with 50 people and no one playing instruments or yeah. two people and one guitar on a tiny stage. It's just one of those shows that we want people to interpret however they like. We don't say like these are the characters that this actor should play. These are the characters this person should play. It's like Godspell in that way. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's where the Godspell, you know, analogy begins and ends. But I think that <laughs> the idea that anyone could say any line and do anything is we think that's we can't wait to go and see other productions well that's what I was going to ask is like you guys have been in, in so invested in this over whatever no math uh, six years or whatever <laughs> but how does it feel as both performers and writers to at some point have to say okay here it is world go go make us some money in licensing world but I mean <laughs> but to, to generally turn over this thing that I'm sure you guys are super invested in and, and to let other people interpret. Are you excited about that? Nervous? A little bit of both? I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. I can't wait for people to interpret the show, to make it their own. I can't wait to go see my nephew do it in his high school <laughs> production. I just think that the, the moral of the story, the message of the story is what I'm interested in spreading out into the world. And I think that we, this is our way of trying to lift up our own spirits. The show was written in a time when we needed to lift our own spirits. Yeah. And um, I, I can't wait for it to do the same thing for other people. Strangers. Yeah. yeah. We're like Tenacious D, get in here. Oh, that's Darren awesome. Chris and... Uh, and Josh Gad. Yeah, get sure. in here. Uh, two women get in here. Any, it doesn't really matter. It really is the kind of thing where any two you know, leading people in any theater anywhere could who just want to have some fun. I, I would enjoy a Tenacious D yeah, uh, totally, revival right? with that. That would be amazing. Hear <laughs> um, yeah, that? I'll let you guys argue over who's yeah. uh, coming in. Um, but okay, real quick, how do you feel about the mustache? Do you have to normally wear it, or is it just brought back for the production? Um, it is just brought That's back for the production. But I will say, when you have a mustache and you wander around New York City and you see other people with a mustache, you do wonder to yourself, "Are you in a show right now?" <laughs> um, I. It, it is not my favorite appendage to wear. I personally feel as though I, there lots of people can rock the stash just because of the shape of my face. I do feel as though it makes me a little Super Mario, um, but. That. Uh, but by and large, you know, my husband has been very cool about the fact that Good. I have to wear a mustache. So, uh, Didn't it like, it came out of 
totally oh. by chance. Are you? I think Rosen booked a commercial. I, you know what it was? I was in another play. I was doing James and the Giant Peach with Kate Weatherhead, which is where oh, wow. I sort of met her at Goodspeed. Mm-hmm. And the character in that had a big mustache, and they wanted me to grow the mustache. But we were doing these things at the same time, and so we actually had to write the mustache into Josh oh, Cohen that's because, it, like most other things in this show, it came out of the fact that we were. Which is all we had. All we had. It, it takes place in a robbed apartment, really, because the first production, we didn't have a set. Yeah, so it, how amazing. do you make Three an excuse? bookshelves, which now I think we must have got bed bugs from somewhere. <laughs> we literally took them off the street. That's like, amazing. Yeah, but, you know, that was okay a couple years ago. That's awesome. Well, okay, so this show is here. You guys are running. You know, you got on sale for a long time. The end of February, yeah. eventually people are going to have to go see it out in other places around the country and around the world. But whether it's here at Westside Theater or somewhere else, what do you guys hope that people leave the other Josh Cohen having either learned about themselves or discovered or what type of experience do you hope that they walk away with? You know, the nice part about this show is it kind of brings together us and the audience and the audience and the audience because it's it's not ageist. It really there's 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 parts that grandmothers love. There's parts that teens love. We say that eight and up is essentially the right age for this. But there's so many pop culture references. Yeah. Darth Vader comes to life. There's really just like it's it kind of has a little for everyone. Even if you hate musicals and you like sports, we've we've got you covered. Yeah. Um, uh, but there's I think that what we hope is that people go out in the world and say. I needed this or I know someone who needed this and they can feel a little better about uh, a tough world. I think, you know, I wish it was more complicated than that, but it's not. I think, you know, we want them to go out having laughed their butts off for 90 minutes, maybe humming of tunes, which I think Steve and I grew up loving musicals. This is more, you know, has a pop rock edge, but we, we miss musicals where you come out singing the songs. And I think that that's the kind of thing we wanted to create. So if you come out and you're either singing the songs and or feeling a little better about yourself and or feeling a little better about the world, then we've done something good. Anything to add, or did he take everything? Well, he—I mean—he took most of the most of the good <laughs> answers. But the one thing that gotcha. I would say is that I, I hope that people leave the theater feeling good about making the decision to be a good person, mm-hmm. to make the right decisions, and to feel good about making decisions that might not necessarily benefit you, but might benefit even a stranger if you feel as though it's going to make the world a better place. God, that's so needed right now. So, well, thank you guys so much for taking the time. Thank go you. go thank study you. all the changes you guys have been. Uh, have no, been now making. we're going to interview you. Oh, yeah. show. Where did you buy the shirt? Oh, that was really scary. Um, so, anyway, well, thank you guys. I really appreciate it, and I'm so excited that people are going to get to see this because I laughed my ass off uh, you know, on Saturday. So, I loved every second of it. Thank you so, so thank much. Thank you guys so much. So I appreciate much. it. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me More. My name is Matt Tamanini. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And you can reach out to Broadway Radio on both Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. We will have information for the other Josh Cohen, as well as Steve and David, in the show notes at BroadwayRadio.com. Tell Me More is produced and edited by me. Special thanks to Elsa Hoke, Whitney Holden Gore, Leslie Papa, and the man without whom none of Broadway Radio was possible, James Marino. Thanks again for listening, and remember, Neil life is better than real life. Also, always get a second scoop, and when you get a chance, ask people to tell you more. You should, but you don't.